For just one corporate job, only four to six people will get an interview for every 250 resumes received. Those aren't very good odds if you're counting on that job. The fact is, you need a real person advocating to a real employer that is a real job, and that's where Express Employment Professionals come in. Express is your local resource to help you get a new job. Express has more than 18,000 jobs available weekly. That's 18,000 jobs that need to be filled right now. Find your nearest office at ExpressPros.com, and Express never charges a job seeker to find employment. Your locally owned Express office can connect you with available jobs in your community. On ExpressPros.com, find jobs in manufacturing, accounting, customer service, sales, distribution, and information technology, you name it. Visit the nearest Express office today to speak with hiring professionals connected to the available jobs in your community. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. ExpressPros.com. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Virginia Bell has been a full-time astrologer back since 1990s, currently writes a horoscope column and celebrity profiles for the CBS magazine Watch. Regular contributor to the Huffington Post has written astrology columns for magazines, including TV Guide and U.S. Weekly, of course. And her book is called Midlife is Not a Crisis, Using Astrology to Thrive in the Second Half of Life. Virginia, welcome to the program. First time, I believe, right? Yes, thank you. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, George. Thank you so much. Well, I'm looking forward to this. And I just, I love astrology. It, it is so cool. <laughs> I wish I understood it even more than uh, most people, but I'm learning. I'm learning from people like you and some of the other astrologers that we've had on the program. How did you get involved in this? Oh, my goodness. Long story, but um, I'll tell you, it started when I was about 13 or 14, and um, I uh, used to read the Dell Horoscope, still reading Dell Horoscope. Mm-hmm. But I was miserable at home and a lot of problems, and uh, I love that little astrology, that monthly magazine. I was always looking for a little bit of hope, and, and one day I decided to ask my parish priest, Dr. Uh, Dr. Um, Father Chase, he was a new priest at St. Aloysius, and he was young, and I thought he'd be open-minded, and I asked him his opinion of astrology, and he didn't miss a beat, George. He said, the devil's work. Oh. And oh. that moment, I didn't know anything except I was a Taurus, but I said to myself, this is not a great attitude. I'm going with the stars and forget about the saints. You know, so I'm back with the saints now, of course, and the stars. But that set me on a path. It's not like I studied astrology, but it was always in my life. And uh, over time, it became more important. I um, lived in Europe during the 1960s. I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a star, and I was working in films. And um, I remember I, at a certain point, uh, I had a colorful and interesting life, and I traveled and, and did work in films, but I didn't have a clue about who I was or what I wanted. And at one point, I, um, a, a wonderful screenwriter of uh, Federico Fellini's, uh, he advised me to go to Torino because there was a, great, um, uh, a bunch of these great alchemists there. And uh, so I did. And I asked one of them, I said, well, I brought all my luggage, and I said, you know, if this guy tells me to, that I have good luck in Italy, I'll just get back on the train and go back to Rome. But if he said I don't have any luck and I should go home to New York, I'll just take 
a plane from Milano. And so I remember going to this one astrologer there, and uh, he said, oh, Malta Fortuna in Europe. Oh, very good luck. And I left there thinking, i got to go home. Maybe it was just getting out of Rome, just getting away. And uh, I said, no, I, I need to go back to the States. And I did. I was in my late 20s, approaching my Saturn return. And I realized I had to, I had to get my life together. And I, so I began a, a restaurant. That was my second, my really? second act. Uh, one of the first natural foods restaurants in New York City in Greenwich Village. And again, I had an astrologer pick the date, and I, had, I used to go to an astrologer. I had an astrologer who used to eat at the restaurant, and myself and some of the staff would get readings. And I remember taking my apron off and running around the corner and asking him things like, well, is, is the chef going to give notice, you know, or am I going to meet my soulmate? I had no idea that astrology was any, was deep and was a tool for self-discovery. I was just looking for predictions. But again, it was always in my life. And I did really well in that restaurant for a while, and I ended up opening a second restaurant. Good for you. Well, yes and no. Uh-oh. Up in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. and I did it with my sister. I wanted to open a second restaurant, and I didn't want to do it alone, and the Berkshires were thriving, and um, it seemed like a good idea. And so I put all my money in this restaurant. It was a beautiful restaurant and served also natural food, but it was too seasonal. I'm not great on details, you know? Yeah. I didn't do any, you know, market, uh, not marketing, but research. And so in the summer, we would do 350 people for brunch, but in the winter, it just died. Nobody there. Yep. And... Uh, it was, and so you, could, I, you could not survive seasonally, could you? No, no. And then the, it was the early 90s, and the economy was bad. But here's the thing. One of my favorite quotes, George, how far high failure overleaps the bounds of low success. Because I met a wonderful woman there, and who she and her husband lived in New York City, and sometimes I'd drive back with them on Sunday nights. You know, I was like a package going from one restaurant to the other, back and forth. I was losing money. I was panicked, and I was no longer young and enthusiastic. And I was exhausted and fearful. Anyway, one night she is reading from this astrology book in the in the back seat of the car, and I was mesmerized. I said, well, I've got, I've got to buy that book. And she said, well, it's out of print. I said, well, can I borrow yours? She said, not yet, but I, I'll lend it to you. She finally did. And George, that book changed my life. It was Stephen Forrest's book, The Inner Sky. And it was so, uh, the, so beautiful, the poetry. I mean, he, the way he brought the, the planets, the signs, and the houses alive. It, I never realized that astrology could be so deep and psychological and spiritual. And I didn't begin studying astrology right then, but I began to read about it. And I mean, I didn't study it professionally. I, I did begin to read about it and learn about it. And I got a reading. She had his number in the back of the book. And I called and I got a reading and another reading. And it was the only area that was not contaminated by all my problems. And so it became a, just a, 
you know, one of those safe places, and it gave me a lot of joy. And, you know, I my restaurant in the city that had been doing well, it was still doing well, but mm-hmm. now I was really broke, and, and um, I didn't have money for a new air conditioner. Oh, geez. Yeah, know, the, the other and, restaurant uh, took all your available cash, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, but But I ended up selling the restaurant. I got out. I was able to pay all my purveyors. I had three money enough for three months, and I said, dear God, I'm too old to be a waitress. What am I going to do now, you know? So there was a number of years. That was, I was about 50 then. And um, What you would call midlife, right? Yeah, and it was the Chiron, technically the Chiron return, when oftentimes a failure is a catalyst for change. And so I began studying astrology, but not thinking of it as, you know, a career. I did write another book about health and wellness, and I began to lecture and do articles, but then those articles led to sun sign columns, and the lectures began to unfold about astrology. And the next thing you know, I was doing astrology, and it all came together really um, later, and really in my late 50s is when it came together. And I remember... That's our second Saturn return, and I remember Jane Fonda on Oprah once talking about a theater, and she knew a lot about the theater, and she said, you know, the theater, there's always three acts, and sometimes the first two acts don't make sense. You go out, have intermission, have a glass of wine, you come back, and the third act is when it all comes together. And for me, that's when it really came together in late 50s, early 60s. I mean, I am a late bloomer and a slow learner. Did you ever come across things where the good old priest was right that this stuff is demonic or satanic or anything like that? No, No, absolutely. He was way off, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, it it, it was a mentality. It was a, you know, he was in his business, you know, doing, you know, it's another, another world. And I, you know, I've, astrology is, to, for me, it, it's a tool of self-discovery, and it's something, it's beautiful. You're, you know, you're dealing with the gods and goddesses and mythology, and what a wonderful, juicy, rich environment. You just mentioned the, the Saturn return was mm-hmm. pretty important for you. What does that mean? Well, these... My, the book, as, as you know, is based on the generational cycles that we all share at the same age. Um, it's like the Saturn return. This is when the planet comes back and makes an aspect to itself. For instance, the transits, one, you know, the planet Saturn is in Sagittarius now, so anybody who's Sagittarius, um, you know, is having a lot of Saturn issues right now. They can be working hard, you know, taking on more responsibility because Saturn is in, in their sign. That can happen anytime. But these generational cycles, they happen to, to us at the same age. It's when Saturn makes a return to itself. It's your Saturn birthday, like the sun returns where it was at birth once a year. It's our solar return or our birthday. At 29, we have our Saturn return. So these generational cycles we all share at the same age, but that doesn't mean they're superficial. 
or less powerful because they're sort of like, say, a bar mitzvah or a sweet 16 or maybe a high school generation uh, uh, graduation. Um, these are major passages, you see, and so they're very, very important. And so the Saturn return at 29 is the first generational cycle, and it's really important. You know, Saturn um, is a planet of reality, responsibility, hard work, self-discipline, not very sexy qualities, but necessary ones, you know. Saturn isn't bad, but it is hard. It's a do-something planet. It wants to manifest something. You know, um, Jupiter gets the big PR. Jupiter is like the, the, the kale of, uh, you know, of a, a, a planets. Uh, Saturn's like the Brussels sprouts, so to speak. Uh, it needs a better PR person. But I always say Jupiter, you know, can be exaggeration and excess. It's not all good luck and lotto, and Saturn isn't all bad. But where we have the planet Saturn is where we're cautious, slow, and often stuck. It doesn't come naturally. It gets, actually gets better with age. So at the Saturn return at 29, Saturn returns to where it was at birth, and we get serious. If we're doing it right, at that time we make a commitment. We start our own business. We start a family. Maybe we go back to school. We get sober. Uh, Rob Lowy and uh, Bradley Cooper both got sober at 29, and they've been v quite vocal about mm -hmm. it. And successful. Yes, exactly. So the, you know, and a lot of people say, well, 29, that's kind of old. But, you know, there's something in our 20s. Somebody could be have a big career. They could be working on Wall Street. They could be saving lives in a hospital. But on some level, we're still kind of committed to our family's values. Something shifts at the Saturn return at 29, and you look at anyone's life. Um, Oprah, you know, she got her big break in Chicago. Um, you know, uh, Adam Lambert, you know, won, um, what was he, on American Idol. Um, Bill Clinton, went, Al Gore went into politics. Lin-Manuel Miranda, he started the Hamilton mixtapes at that time. Um, something shifts, and it doesn't mean it's a, a big deal, you know. It can be very quiet. Somebody may be apprenticing in a bakery and kind of watching how things are made. Maybe they start baking, making cupcakes. The next thing you know, they've got a big cupcake operation, mm -hmm. you know. So it can start in a very quiet way. If we're doing it right, we begin something. It may change down the line. That doesn't matter. But we put some effort in. We start a family or we go back to school. Maybe we're not going to be that rock star. You know, we wake up. And, well, um, and somebody may be happy just making cupcakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not necessarily about being famous or, or wealthy. Um, it, it's about making a commitment. And the skills that we learn, the experiences that we have in our late 20s, early 30s, that's the foundation for everything else. No pressure, you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but we begin something. We lay down a, a foundation for the rest of our lives. As we say in New York, you become a mensch. You grow up. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.